Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you do provide for us. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. And we just want to bless you with what we've given today. Lord, we pray that you take it and you multiply it. Lord, will you bless the, the ministries of this, of this church, bless the, the missionaries of this church. We thank you, Lord, and we put it into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome. Welcome, church. It's great to be here today, and it's great to have you here today. And if it's your first time, a very big welcome, particularly for you today. All right, we are going to have a bit of fun today talking about envy. (laughs) How can you have fun talking about envy? Well, we are anyway. We're going to have fun. Envy. Envy. We can envy other people's positions. We can envy someone else's wealth. We can envy their status. We can envy someone's parenting ability. We can envy someone else's clothes. We can envy the grades they get. We can envy their athletic ability. We can envy the fact that they got a promotion and we didn't. We can envy their body shape, even though they seem to eat more than we do. We can envy somebody else's family. We can envy how many visits somebody gets for, from their grandchildren that we don't seem to get. We can envy the next door neighbor's grass heard that one this morning. We, we can envy so many things. Envy is like poison. Do you know, out of all of the acceptable sins, envy is kind of the only one that there's nothing positive. There's no moment of kind of reward (laughs) in it. It's just all bad. It's just bad, 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 bad. And it spreads, spreads, uh, gives no pleasure. There's no pleasure in it. And envy spreads to another person. If you start talking about how you're feeling envious about something, it can then move on to someone else and it can spread. In a society, it can spread. We're going to jump into the Bible and have a look at a few passages in the Bible. So if you have your um, hard copy version, grab it. If you have your, um, your app, uh, version app, grab that. Um, get ready. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 4. And have a look at verses four. Uh, sorry, Genesis chapter four, verses two to seven. And this is having a look at right at the beginning, at Cain and Abel, and the relationship that they have, and what happens between them. 
and it's also up on the screen. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So why are you angry? Hmm. Let's jump into another one. This one is Genesis chapter 37. So this one is uh, Joseph uh, and, well, Jacob and Joseph and the brothers. So let's have a look and see what happens in this one. This one might be a bit more familiar um, with you if you've gone to see Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. I did that musical when I was a kid. It's always the, you can't get the songs out of your head when you've been in a musical. That's okay, that's okay. Um, Okay, so Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 to 4. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And this is the account of, the, of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah. The, his father's wives, and he brought their, fa their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his, his other sons. Israel is Jacob. Because he had, born, he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So the first expression we heard for Cain and Abel was anger. The one we've just heard here is hate. So there's, there's envy that started here um, because of different responses to how they've been treated and then the response that's come out of it is anger and hate. You know, these are all, um, in a way, very natural responses, but nevertheless um, not that healthy in, in what happens with them all. Let's have a look at another one. We're going to jump into 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 18. 1 Samuel 18, so this is um, Saul. So in here we've got um, Saul and, or just before that, we've got David and David has just defeated Goliath. So he's just gone onto the battlefield and he tried on the king's armour and it was too big. So then he defeated Goliath with just, um, with his little slingshot and, and he was uh, a champion 
And so then uh, Saul ended up putting him in charge of different uh, roles. And so then let's see what happens. And we've heard this relatively recently, but let's just see what happens here. So in 1 Samuel 18 verse 5, whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing and with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens, of his, with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. And we know that then Saul pursued him to try and kill David. So this envy, he was so envious of all the praise that David was receiving. He couldn't handle it that David was receiving the the praise that he thought he should be getting. He was wanting to get what, 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 what David was actually receiving. Now, look, it was right that David was getting that, but Saul thought that he should get it, and he was so envious he could not... Um, see past it. He could not see past it. You know, there's quite a lot of teaching in the Bible about envy. And there's a good reason for it. It's because it's a very natural position of, of who we are in, in, and how we respond as people. And the good thing is there's, there's good teaching as well about what we do. And as we're looking at, at this, this series of acceptable sin, we're also looking at, well, what do we do about this? So we're not, we're not leaving you hanging to say, well, you know, sorry, guys, you know, this is, this is not stuff you should be doing. Too bad. So sad. Go home. We're actually like, well, what can you do about it? So we're going to have a look in Galatians today. So if you want, if this is a, a long passage that we're having a look at. So this one's you know, worth flicking to. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened against, again by a yoke of slavery. So it is, it, is not the slave, it is not a yoke of slavery that we are given. It is not that that we are given. Jesus has given us a path out of slavery. He has given us a path out that we can work through and find freedom and we're going to talk more about that soon let's keep going and we're going to skip to verse 13 you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love 
For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. If they are in conflict with each other, sorry, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law Those who belong to to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with all its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Isn't it interesting that it even finishes on envying? So we talked about in the middle that envy was one of those things that it mentioned in the big list of the acts of the flesh. And then right at the end it said, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So just like last week, for those that were here, we said last week that we didn't want pride and what we did want was humility. So this week we're saying, well, we... We don't want to be envious. We don't want envy. And so we do want to have the fruits of the Spirit. We do want to live in kindness and goodness and love. But how, how do we move from that place of envying all those things that we talked about at the beginning that seem to be a natural place to sit in? How do we move from that to that place of kindness and goodness and love? Well, this is one that we had up last week. That willpower will never succeed in dealing with the deeply ingrained habits of sin. And that's a quote from Richard Foster. That we cannot simply do this in the act of willpower. We cannot simply say, I will do it. We cannot simply say, I will do it. So, let's keep going. And some of this is a repeat, and that's okay. That's okay, because more times we hear it, the more times we work out how important it is and how it's going to apply. Remember we looked last week that Jesus gives us a clue in how how we can do it then. If it's not willpower, then 
what is it? And Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we also did look last week that this means that, well, we can look at it in this way, that the Jesus way for us is wedded to the Jesus truth to bring about the Jesus life. So how do we, as people, live this amazing Jesus life? How do we move from a place of envy or pride or lust to a a place of love and kindness and humility? How do we get from the place that we don't want to be to a place where we do? From that to here, to a place of Jesus' life. Jesus has shown us that we can move from that place to this place because he's shown us in the Bible how to move from there to there. We were looking um, in the passage in Galatians and uh, before, and I might just skip back to that passage. And in verse 25 there, it says in the middle, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And it's so important for us to understand that moving from this place to this place, yes, it's not willpower, and yes, it's Jesus shows us how to get from here to here, and the, 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 the way he shows us that, he gives us, the Holy Spirit, it's to live, it's to keep in step with the Spirit. It's, the Spirit is our helper to move from this place to this place. And that's, I just wanted to point that out, that it's, it's not willpower and it's, and it's not even um, all these, these tools that I'm putting before you are not in our own strength. Um, so it's not just even um, that the tools are not in our own strength either. Skip back. Do you know how we were um, putting up before? We had um, all the different things that envy can be um, and that they are poison. Do you know that poison, when it spreads, that the things that it leads to, I don't know about you, but I find it really hard work when I get sucked in to those, um, to these acceptable sins or acceptable sins. I find it sapping. Really, really sapping. I find um, at times in my life when, when I'm really battling these things that I, my, my body, my mind, my soul, everything is just really hard work. That's what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to take your focus away from the easy, joyful, free life that God's got on offer. Because God has called us into freedom. He has on offer for us 
freedom. And you know, it's not just when we accept Christ that we are called to freedom. It's, it's an ongoing journey that it's not just step one, yes, I accept Christ, woohoo, I'm free. It's a, oh, okay, I know Christ is my saviour. What is the next thing that I need to um, find out and learn and grow in to be even more free in who I am and who God's made me to be? And then, oh, okay, God, now I understand myself and around me a little bit more. And then I discover a little bit more. Um, I grow in this way, I learn that, something else happens and, oh, okay. And life continues and some of you have discovered and grown in your spiritual walk. You're kind of, woo, you know, you're in Partyville up here and just, uh, you know, there's this great quote that I've just recently read. When Dallas Willard died, he's fr he, he had said before he died that he's not even sure if he'll know when he's dead because he already, um, like, because he's, in, he, he's always in community with Jesus all the time that he, it doesn't really matter if he's alive or dead, he'll... Oh, yeah, you get it, Simon. <laughs> so, but he's like, it's already like heaven. Like, it's, he's, he's just like, woo all the time. Like, you know, so, I don't know, I, I, I'm just like, how can you already, like, be at that point, you know? It's like, but, you know, hat off to him that he's already at that point. And, yeah, so when he did die, his friends were like, I wonder if he knows he's dead yet. But, <laughs> anyway, but... Uh, so we're all at different points, aren't we? We're all at different points of, of, of our spiritual journey. But isn't it exciting to know that God's calling us into freedom more and more and more? That's what he wants for us. He doesn't want us to be caught in guilt. He doesn't want us to be not ever getting stuck. He wants us to be opening more and more to the... That's why he's given us this amazing... I mean, just look around at creation. Creation is this place of joy and love. He's a place... He's a, a, a creator of joy and love and hope. I mean, you just look around and you know that that's who he is because it's, it's, that's who, the world he's given to us. And so he wants us to step into that. And, and enjoy that more and more and more. He's, he's a God of freedom and joy and love. So we have to work out how to do that. And he's, he's given it in, in the Bible. He's given it. He's, he's shown us how to do it. The thing is, there is a little bit of hard work involved in how to reach this freedom. But in the hard work, we find that joy and that freedom and that love. And we come out of that guilt and that burden and all of that difficulty that we experience in our bodies. Okay, right. So, envy. The poison here. The freedom there. 
the steps and the tools that we've been given in the Bible. Let's have a look and see. And we had this list um, last week of some of the things that uh, Foster and Willard have come up with. And last week when we had Pride, I got you to come up with what you thought maybe of these uh, disciplines might help for Pride last week might help for you to overcome that particular sin. Forget that. This week, we're looking at envy. Okay, so envy. Now, think about the things that we were looking at before, of all the different types of things that can happen with envy. It can lead to anger and hate. And one of the types of things, it's about clothes and it's about possessions. And Right, so spend a minute or two talking to the person next to you, top three, and remember you're not all going to agree, but what are the top three disciplines that might work and help for you to overcome the issue of envy? Go for it, homework time, quick, talk to the person next to you. I'll read them out just in case you can't read them. Frugality, I can't never say that one. Worship, sacrifice, secrecy, celebration, chastity, study, solitude, fasting, confession, service, prayer, submission, fellowship, silence. That was quick, wasn't it? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? I'm going to show you what I think, but it's just my opinion. Okay, all right, the mumblings are getting quieter, so this is what I think, just my opinion. And it was interesting having chats with people during the week about what they thought from last week. And some people were like, well, it was a bit hard because I didn't know what that word meant. So I do apologise, assuming that we all know what they are. And so maybe we need to do a little bit more teaching on what these words mean or what the disciplines mean, maybe another time. But... Um, so, here we go. This is what I thought. The one I can't say. <laughs> Being frugal. How about I say it like that? Being frugal, service, prayer. Hmm. Did anybody else have those ones? Nobody. <laughs> oh, well. I'll be very interested to hear afterwards what you thought. But let me explain why I said these ones. And maybe I might be able to, yeah, be interesting to have a discussion about it afterwards. Being frugal. This is why I thought this one might help me with, with um, being envious. Our society is a bit of a throwaway society, is it not? We seem to celebrate excess, whether it be in food, clothes, packaging, transport, we have something, we use it, we throw it away, um, we want something, even if we don't need it. Uh, yeah, we consume it, we, it seems to almost consume us or consume me. I think if you add envy to that, then the consuming aspect of things uh, just seems to elevate. So for me... I thought that uh, being frugal can teach us the hard reality of stepping into obedience with God. Obedience of abstaining from using goods 
uh, to be at our disposal in a way that merely gratifies our desires for our hunger of status, glamour and luxury. That's why I chose frugality. Service. The reason I chose service, I just want to put up a verse from Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So what is the discipline of service? You can serve other people to train yourself away from being arrogant, possessive and envious. You can train us in habits of loving service to others and free yourself from resentment and enable yourself in faith to enjoy your position as you are and work to exalt God rather than exalt yourself. It gives, yourself, uh, gives you a new perspective on your own needs and maybe a new perspective on your own abundance. Jesus told us, uh, Jesus told his disciples to wash each other's feet and to set an example in that. Service. And I chose prayer. Now, prayer is a very interesting discipline because Jesus calls us to pray all the time. Prayer, prayer is a communication with our creator. Prayer is conversing, communicating with God. It's, a, it's ongoing. So why on earth even is it in, in that list? Why is it a discipline? Why is it there? Really, prayer is a part of a lot of those other things anyway. It's a part of worship. It's a part of study. It's a part of solitude. It's a part of celebration. It's a part of many, many other ones. But it also can be a really powerful discipline by itself. And I want to give you that example in this particular one for this particular reason. So we're going to have a look at Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Tell you a story that I've heard. This person who was really struggling in their business because they were really envious of how their other business, the other businesses in town were going. They really couldn't get over the fact that their business wasn't doing as well as other people's businesses. So they were challenged by that by a Christian friend and they started to pray for those other businesses. Pray for your enemies, love your enemies. They started to pray for success of those other businesses. And yes, 
those other businesses did have success. But lo and behold, with an attitude shift of that person, their business also improved. Now, I'm not saying that that's always going to happen, but it's the attitude shift in the heart and the relationship between that person and God was actually the biggest breakthrough. Now, you're not all all in business, but I'm sure you all have people who may be a little bit difficult to be around or there may be, whether it's family or friends or whatever it might be, or you might be at work and there's somebody, whatever your situation is, why not try praying for them? Why not, instead of just getting really annoyed or, the opposite, getting really envious about the things that people are not getting, you know, not seeing in them or... Forget that. Give it to God and pray for them. Make it a discipline to regularly pray for them. Can you see how that can be a discipline? To actually put it before God... Take, it, take the envy away and make it a part of your Jesus life is a different life. So you're freeing yourself of all that gut stuff and you're stepping into a Jesus life. So we've been looking today at envy. We've been looking that envy is a poison. It can affect us, it can even affect your health. It can, it can overtake not just us by ourselves, but can, it can spread to others around us. It can actually take over in a society. Jesus models another way. He gives us, he is the way, the truth and the life. He, gives, he shows us, he models it, he gives us a helper to lead us in the way. He's given us the tools. All we need to do is to be obedient in that. And for envy, maybe we can practice in being frugal to retrain ourselves to be obedient to God with our stuff. Maybe we can try service to be freeing us from resentment. Maybe we can try prayer to have those breakthroughs, to move away from that gut-destroying stuff of the past and move into the way that Jesus calls us to. So as the team comes up, Which way do you want to live? So for most of you, you've already accepted Jesus. You've said, yes, yes, Jesus is my saviour. But then which way are you walking? Are you holding on to all that gut stuff still? Or are you stepping into that freedom? Are you stepping more and more into that freedom? And yes, it does mean there's some hard work involved. But we're given a helper and we're not doing it alone. 
We've got each other. We've got each other. Friends, it's not, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's freedom we are called to. Freedom that you are called to. And if you don't know Jesus, I pray that you will be bold enough to step towards that freedom today so that you can start your journey into that freedom, that you will know that you can let go of that gut stuff and leave it with Jesus and just be able to step more and more in his, in his life. If you want to know, if you want to receive prayer today in that, there is always people available to pray down the front with people around that you may, you may have come with today. But this is a place of acceptance and love. We do not judge. Thank you for being here today and thank you for um, yeah, your journey as you have in the Jesus way. And uh, as, we, as we conclude and sing that Christ is enough, may you know that. He is enough. He is enough for all of us.